In large part, a player's identity is crafted in unseen hours with no spectators or cameras on hand. Irv Roland knows this space better than most, where he spent years working with players to fill out their skill set and unlock potential. From Harden and LeBron to KD and Donovan Mitchell, Irv has his methods dialed in. Knowing that no two players are the same, Penny sees Irv's value to extend beyond X's and O's and enable players at the highest level to counter the strategy and scouting developed over the years. Irv's story is one that comes from time as a player to an arrival in the lane of coaching and refining talent. Now on the staff in Utah, Irv continues to build on his work where we can see the output of his players on a nightly basis. And for Penny, that's so essential improving your skill set year over year, building on the talents that you have. So here it is, a very special conversation with a guy that is in-depth in the basketball world, Mr. Irv Roland on the Two Cents Podcast. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast for every episode as soon as they drop, and we got more to come. Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the My Two Cents Podcast. You know who I am. I have a special guest from the Utah Jazz, assistant coach, from the Utah Jazz, Irv Roland. Appreciate you being here, my Appreciate man. Appreciate you having me, OG. Yeah, we're going to give the uh, the fan base just a little background on you. Where are you from? Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City, born and raised. All right, yeah. Oklahoma City in the house. What about uh, school? I played at a Division II school, Southwestern Oklahoma State, about an hour west of uh, Oklahoma City. So everybody in Oklahoma knows about this school pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was that experience for you? It was cool, man. I, um, you know, growing up, having big dreams, watching guys like you and stuff like that, I wanted to play at uh, University of Oklahoma for Kelvin Sands. I wanted to play in, you know, the NBA, but everybody's path is different. Um, had a crazy injury in high school. I broke my leg wow. and uh, ended up getting blessed enough. They told me originally I wouldn't play basketball at all anymore. I was able to play JUCO and then Division Two, and, uh, and that was that. So I had a great time, though. You didn't try to experience anything after that? Man, I had an opportunity to try to chase the dream and try to play overseas and stuff like that, but I had an internship with the Boston Celtics already lined up going into my senior year of college. So I was like, man, who knows if this opportunity comes back around because this is before the thunder and all that. So I was like, man, I better get into it. So talk about that experience because, you know, obviously you wanted to play basketball, Mm -hmm. but you said you saw the the opportunity there and you didn't think it would knock twice for guys that – because everybody's not going to go. No. You know, everybody's not going. So you took advantage of your opportunity instead of saying, I'm going to go chase this. You chose, okay, I've gone to school for four years. I'm going to I'm going to go after this. Talk about that versus the basketball route. Yeah, so for hooping, man, at that time, I already had a bunch of friends that, um, you know, were kind of older, like playing overseas, not making a lot of money. And so by the time they're 30 years old and they kind of tapped out, then they're coming back home, no work experience, and they're trying to get in the workforce um, with no money saved up because they've been playing at lower levels in Europe and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, at the end of the day, I'm probably not going to be playing for Fenerbahce or one of these right. big teams making, mm-hmm. you know, high six figures a million. So, you know, if I'm not going to be banking big money, then I might as well get into the field that I want to pursue anyway. And um, at that time, you know, like I said, we didn't have the Thunder. I didn't know anybody connected to the NBA, being from Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. So I was like, look, I might as well start networking and doing the stuff that I want to do now at 22 years old rather than waiting another five to ten years, you know, to get in. Yeah, no, that's major, man, because you got to you gotta kind of be ready for your moment and seize your moment. Mm-hmm. Seize the moment. And uh, that took you into, you know, wanting to be – did you always want to be an assistant coach? Do you want to be – Train guys, what, what what was it really why you wanted to be in the NBA? Man, I, I really didn't know going in. I knew I wanted to be around the 
game at the highest level. Um, I didn't know about the position of being a video coordinator at the time. And uh, that's where I started at. I was the assistant video coordinator for the Boston Celtics as an intern. And then I went from there to New Orleans. And from there, I kind of started to figure out, all right, this person is doing that. That seems like something I, I want to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm the guy that got me started in the NBA, Mike Procopio, he okay. was with Dallas Mavericks uh, most recently, but he was with Boston at the time. He was working with Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim had to, you know, setting up shop in Chicago. So after every summer league, I would go out to Chicago and help work out guys in Chicago. And I'm like, man, this seems cool. Like getting on the court, getting active with guys, helping them improve in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that, and then that's kind of where I, I started to veer off into. So when you got into that field and you met your first guy, I don't know who your actual first guy was that you that you went to in Chicago yeah. that you grabbed. What is your pitch to them to believe in you? It, it's funny you say that. So, uh, I mean, you know Jawan Howard. Man. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's my guy. I love Yes, sir. Jawan. So at the time, man, you know, we had the, the new facility that they, they most recently had where they do pre-draft at. Mm-hmm. Quest. So we had this big facility and, you know, Tim would be working with a guy, a couple of his assistants would be working with other guys. And then sometimes, man, weeks were different and it'd be like 20 guys in there working out. Mm. So it was like one day I'm just in there rebounding. And then all of a sudden Tim was like, hey, Irv, you got Juwan. And Juwan was like, nah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm on the spot. I'm like, dang. And Juwan was like, nah. He was like, I pay too much money. Like, I'm not doing that. And so here I am, you know, I, I can't act sensitive, you know right. what I mean? And I was like, no, nah, you know, OG, I got you, I got you. So I put him through a workout. It was it was cool. And and then from there, we rocked out. And he ended up working out with me uh, a couple years after that in Miami as well. But that first one, I mean, I thought it was just going to be cool. You know, this is my guy, you know. And he was right. like, no, nah, I ain't doing that. No, you have vets that do you know that, though. I mean? Hey, man, yeah. I'm not going. Don't give me the secondhand right. guy. I want you or whatever. <laughs> right. So Right. And that's how it was. And then from there, I started to build a rapport. Guys saw me doing stuff. They started to believe in me, and then I was cool. So how do you take the rookie versus the Juwan Howard, the vet? Mm-hmm. What are the attributes that you'll talk to a rookie about? How do you tell a vet who's already had his game 10 years? Yep. Like, how do you how do you handle that part? I think for a vet, like, if you have a guy like a Juwan at that time who was, you know, role player, floor spacer, he knows he's comfortable in what he does for a team and what he was going to provide for a team at, mm-hmm. that, at that time. Yep. And so at that time, we're really just trying to keep sharp. With these young guys, we're trying to figure out what NBA skill can we maximize to help you find minutes to, to get on the floor for NBA team. You know what I mean? So it's a, a little bit different uh, outlook and plan that we're trying to put together. You know, I'm looking at some of these rookies like, hey, what players are comparable to what you do? And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing that with guys on my team. I, you know, I work with a young point guard on my team. It's like, who in the NBA is doing something similar to what you bring to our team that that's making good money, that's getting big minutes, like how can we pattern your game after mm-hmm. that guy and make you more successful? Yeah, for sure. I think that um that the identity problem is is big on the on the high school and college level. But when you get to the league, pretty much your identity has to be where it is and you can reinvent yourself. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's basically what it is. Like I need to who are you comparable to uh if you're a point guard? How can you get minutes not only get minutes, but continue to get minutes and more minutes and put yourself in a position to play and not just come in and tell me. Can a kid come to you and tell you what he wants to work on and you say, okay, I'm going to work with you on that if you don't really believe that's who he really is? Nah, nah. Like, if if, if a guy, like, if a, if a kid's coming in and he can't, he can't create off the bounce, he can't consistently make shots, 
we're not watching hours of film on Chris Paul. Right. You know what I mean? That's not who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I won't mention other players. Names right, for sure. I don't want to take a shot. But yeah. there's things that you can do. Can you defend? Can you get in the lane and find open players? There's teams that, that need that. You know what I mean? So let's find guys in the NBA to do that, and let's, let's, let's follow their path. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, you know, everybody's not going to be Mike Conley. Everybody's right. not going to be Chris Paul. Like, you don't have that in your game. You know what I mean? So let's find things to make you successful and go from there. And what about a score? What is the sacrifice? Not just even a score, but just young guys coming out that are trying to make a team. What is the sacrifice that they have to give up to make this team? What if we say, man, scoring is not what it's going to be? Yeah. Because I have a kid that was drafted that played for me, and the coach and the GM told me he wasn't going to be first, second, third, or fourth option, but he's always been the first option. Yeah, yeah. I need him to rim run. I need him to block shots. I need him to set screens. I need him to do all these things, but scoring is the last thing on there. Yeah, and I think that's a tough part, too, because, I mean, we both have relationships with kids that play in the G League. So in the G League, all these kids think, if I average 30 in the G, then I'm going to get this call up. Mm. But if if you play, I mean, we're the number one offense in the NBA. We don't need you to come score for us. We need you to run the floor, space, help provide uh, opportunities for guys to get open threes, get to the rim and stuff like that. If you can do that, are you going to play defense? Will you take the challenge of guarding the best player? Will you dive on the floor and help us get second chance opportunities? Those are the things that are going to help you get on the floor. You know what I'm saying? And and not enough players are willing to do that. What about the entitled guys that get drafted that aren't playing, that are getting mad every day? The guys that have the attitudes that they get drafted – maybe late second round or in second round, but they're on the team. They feel like they're always better than the guy in front of them, yeah. and they're not getting the minute. What do you say to those guys that feel entitled, like, hey, man, I'm better than him, and then they just don't grind? That, that's, that's something I struggle with because uh, I think in our game, in the men's game, more than anything, that's what we see, especially when you have these kids that um, – I'll use an example. When we had um, – in 2018, we coached the All-Star game when I was the Houston Rockets, and – so we coached the rookie game as well. So we coached the USA team, and we're coaching against the international mm-hmm. squad. So that international mm-hmm. squad was like Buddy Hill, Lori Markinen, um, Bogdanovich for Atlanta. So we had, I mean, we had a squad. We had Jalen um, Brown. We had Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, all these guys. We ended up losing by like 30, 40 points. So Donovan Mitchell asked me in the last time out, he's like, man, you know, I don't understand how this game went like this. I'm like, Don. You got to realize Buddy Hill grew up on a dirt floor with eight of his cousins. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They In the Bahamas. Y'all getting these, you know, highlight mixtapes at the age of 15. Mm-hmm. And y'all superstars and celebrities with these big social media followings. By the time y'all get to college, I ain't even done nothing yet. Y'all in college with bigger social media followings than a lot of NBA players. They like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that. And then I think psychologically, you think when everybody in your circle is telling you the man, you're going to do this. You're going to be lottery. You, you, some, most people stop working mm-hmm. because it's like I've already arrived. And then those are the guys we kind of see like, dang, what, what happened to such and such? Yep. You know what I mean? And you get here and you get to the next level and you're like, man, why am I not seeing the floor? You stopped working years ago, bro. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and so that's a hard conversation to have with a lot of people. And that's why we see a lot of people fizzle out. All right, let's take a break to talk about prize picks. Okay, NBA fans, if you're looking for a daily fantasy option for basketball, we found it. You need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you love basketball, it's time to put that knowledge to the test. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored, rebounds, 
even steals and blocks. All you got to do is know who's going to go off. And if you think they're going to hit the over, take him for that night. Or if you see a guy that's going to get locked down on the road, say, or a rookie, you might want to take him on the under. And you can put them in the same entry. All of the users that deposit with the promo code PENNY can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and that's just you versus projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. So if you're feeling good and you have a thought for the night, get it done on Prize Picks. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And don't forget to use the promo code PENNY to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's the promo code PENNY for 100% instant deposit match. Check out prizepicks.com. Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's also talk about our good friends at Quip. You know, it's time you treat yourself. And nothing is better than giving yourself the gift of better oral care with Quip. Quip is the electric toothbrush that is loved by over 7 million mouths and has a timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. It's lightweight and sleek designed for adults and kids with no wires or bulky chargers to weigh you down. And it's got a multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror for less clutter. And if you're already keeping your mouth in tip-top shape, why not earn some rewards while you're at it? Upgrade Equip to start a new smart motor to track your improvement while brushing with the free Quip app. And earn amazing rewards like free refills, products, Target gift cards, and more. And also, they've got some products beyond the toothbrush, like the refillable gum that's sugar-free and long-lasting mint flavoring comes with a dispenser and it's refillable mouthwash that's a four times concentrate plus good for you and the planet in addition to brush heads quip also delivers fresh floss toothpaste mouthwash and gum refills every three months from five dollars shipping is free so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of shopping in store so Go to quip.com slash penny right now. On top of their savings, you'll get the first refill for free. That's your first refill free and up to 40% off bundles at quip.com slash penny. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash penny. Quip, the good habits company. Yeah, I look at that and I say the same things. It's guys, the international guys, they had to come up way harder than us mm-hmm. to get to this level to get over here. And like you said, things have been given. But another thing that I see with the international players, the attention to detail. Like they are more fundamentally sound. They understand what's it. What do you – how important just to the, to the guys is attention to detail? So I think, uh, you know, a lot of people want to bash AAU. I'm not against AAU. Mm-hmm. I'm not obviously against high school ball. It's – to me – Whatever your path is, like we could find, you know, we could knock something in every path. But, you know, you look at the best players, like uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. He looked at LeBron James posted something on his, his uh, Instagram story, and it was his TV in his house. So it was basically eight TVs put together, and he was watching the NFL game at the time, but it was one of the ones where you could change each monitor to be different games. And I was mm-hmm. telling him, 
because um, he was like, man, why I can't? I wouldn't be able to watch those lines. I was like, no, LeBron on an off night, if he's not playing, he's watching every other game in the NBA, right? And that's why you know we marvel at him, Tom Brady, whoever, because they can recite the last two minutes of Memphis versus San Antonio, yeah. a game they weren't even involved in. They mm -hmm. can tell you what happened in each possession because they're watching those details. And so LeBron, you know, we marvel at his athleticism, but him, Chris Paul, these guys, their brains mm -hmm. and their IQ is what allowed them to be successful for this long. You know what I mean? Kobe Bryant, man, he I was with him a lot um, after he played, and he said, you know, he was watching four hours of game film a night, so he knows where the help is coming from. He knows what defenses are trying to mm -hmm. do to him. Well, most of these players are just going out there and winging it. And it's like, if you want this to be your job, you have to approach it as such. You know what I mean? Yep. Can't be pickup basketball. No, and that's my advice to kids because I was a studier of the game. I wanted to know what my opponent loved to do, didn't like to do. Everybody that I was going to play that night, even the bigs, yep. where they liked the ball, where they didn't like the ball, the opposing team, and then looked at how they played against other good guards versus the playing against um, non-all-star guards. And did they take nights off or were they always attentive to what was going on? What were the tendencies? And it's so important to the attention to detail. I tell my players all the time, you have to know what's going on. Right. You can't just take this – and just say, I'm just going to show up, and then I'll do it when I get there because now their game plan against you mm -hmm. is going to work, but yours isn't going to work against them. And by the time you snap out of it or so-called wake up, the game could be over. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think for yourself, obviously, coaching here or NBA coach, a high school coach, the tools that these kids have now that we didn't have growing up with um, huddle, with synergy, and all these other devices that we can you know, watch uh, other games mm – -hmm. We can't. We have to put the ownership on ourselves as players. Like we can't just say, "All right, coaches, going. You know, the assistant coaches are going to give me the game plan. They're going to give me, you know, what the other team likes to run." Mm -hmm. Y'all have the ability to go out and see what East Carolina is running, mm -hmm. and then that way y'all can be talking about it amongst yourselves. You know, what are we going to do in this action? We know our base coverage. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what we're going to do when they run that guard, guard screen and roll, mm -hmm. and and police yourselves and 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 take ownership of your team. That's what the best players are doing. Yeah, for sure. What do you see the extra work and the extra time paying off for players when they do that, when they study and then they put extra work in on their games and on their weaknesses and they study? What do you see that paying off in the games? Yeah, so when you watch film and you, you're prepared, it might not show up in the first quarter. It might not show up in the fourth quarter. I mean, for second quarter. But in the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. when they run that ATO that you saw them run two weeks ago mm -hmm. and it clicks, all right, cool, I saw this formation before. We in a you know one two possession game, and then boom, I you know I kind of bait them over here, and I get this steal, this deflection. Mm -hmm. That could be a game changing opportunity off of something that I watched two days ago in film. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it might not be immediate. You know what I mean? But it'll be just that little small little detail that you paid attention to that can make the difference in a ball game. And I learned from the best. I I came in as a rookie. Scott Skiles was mm -hmm. my point guard. He would call out the other team's plays and tell you exactly what was about to happen, and we'd be ready for it. Yep. And when I learned that, I was like, man, I was already a study, a, a guy that studied film, but yeah. he just taught me to know, yeah. call it out, say what's about to happen and yeah. all that. Man, that's discouraging to the other team, especially yeah. when you're shutting it down. Man, look, Chris Paul, we were in Utah playing them in the playoffs when I was in Houston, and Chris told me in the locker room, he said, man, if I got traded tonight, obviously it couldn't happen in the playoffs, but if I got traded tonight and played for Utah, he said, without a shoot-around or a practice, I could run the for sure, that was me. And that that's how the best players operate. It can't be the, the, your coaches. 
mm-hmm. giving you everything. Right. You got to take ownership. Yeah, I knew every from Seattle all the way down. Their 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 whole entire game plan, how they how they played the game mm-hmm. offensively, defensively. I could fit right in, just like Chris yep. is saying. And just talking about old school and new school, where do you see the game going from now? Like I, it's jumped. You know, it's jumped a long ways from when I played until now. What do you see? Is it staying here or is it going to another level? I think it's going to go to another level because you look at the skill set of these players. I don't think the players now are as smart as players in your generation. Mm-hmm. I don't think they think the game because they have maybe too many other distractions. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have, like, your top players in that group. But I think the skill level of, of the players coming up, I mean, I'm, I'm watching 10U games and these kids are you know shooting the nba three Mm -hmm. and doing euro steps and finishing with both hands i think the skill level and athleticism is going to go up i think what we're going to hurt like i said is in the iq of the game yeah and iq is so important man i know understand the the athleticism is fine but when i know the game if i'm not as athletic as you and i know the game and i can push you to your weaknesses and i can study the game and take that athleticism away from you Mm-hmm. especially if you're not a hard worker, yeah. I feel like I can win that battle Facts. on a nightly basis. Facts. And that's where it is now with older guys. Guys are staying in the league a little older now because of the IQ. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's frustrating as a coach because, you know, a lot of times it seems like we want it more than the, the players mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets our blood pressure up because, you know, it's like we're sitting back, we're working on game uh, reports and, watching this film and doing all this stuff in preparation, mm-hmm. giving y'all the information, and then you're not going out and executing. And then, you know, I look in y'all social media pages and y'all posting nonsense. It's like, I'm, I'm sitting here, I can't sleep at night. And you're not, you know, you're not as messed up about this as I am. And so that kind of, that's one of the drawbacks of being in this profession, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, that's why the best players, the best teams end up getting away. Yep. Because some of these other teams don't take it as serious. Yeah, for sure. I understand that totally. You got the partying teams, yeah. the guys that don't care. Yep. If you can make one golden rule to a baller and say, man, this is what I know you're going to need for a lifetime in the game, you got to have this, what would it be? The one thing, um, the one thing I, I, I would say is, is paying attention to detail. I think, um, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, LeBron James, um, any of these great players that have had longevity in their sport, mm-hmm. it's paying attention to detail, and that's that could be a lot of things. That's the scouting report. That's what I'm putting into my body, mm-hmm. the sleep I'm getting. Like everything has to be aligned with the end goal. So, am I, you know, am I, am I drinking too much? Am I putting the wrong food? Like Chris Paul, when we were in New Orleans, man. I mean, his body fat percentage was out of control. Mm-hmm. He got to L.A. and started tuning, fine-tuning stuff. Next thing you know, he's vegan and he's, you know what I mean, getting longevity. Uh, Tom Brady has his special diet that's allowed him to play till 44. Mm-hmm. So all of these things have, have to be in line to the end goal. Yeah, and Bron putting a million dollars into his body. Mm-hmm. But he know that million dollars is going to make him a billion dollars. Exactly. You know, exactly. at the end of the day. That investment. Now, in the future, would you want to be a head coach in the NBA one day? Ooh, uh, that that that's a big question, man. I, I look at some of the best coaches um, in the league, and sometimes I struggle with the fact of would I want to make that sacrifice to, you know, my family. You know what I mean? Uh, having kids in the future and stuff like that. The time that I'm going to have to spend away from them for basketball, 
to coach players that I feel like I might care more than them. Right. And and and, and I just don't I don't I don't know if I'm willing to do that to be honest. I love the game. I love being around the game, but I want to be involved with my fam with my family more. And so I just don't know if that's the route I want to take. I'm I'm happy being an assistant coach. Obviously, you know, we all want more money and, and all this stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I, I want to be with my family, man. And I think that time that I have to take away, I don't know if it's worth it. So there's it can, basketball can end and you can just be the family man or you can always be okay with just being an assistant. If, 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 if basketball ended for me and I, and I had to just do that, I would miss the game, but I, I don't want to miss out on, I don't want to miss out on I understand. That, yeah. understand. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? You know, um, right now to the fans that don't know your situation, I know you're the justice. Um, yeah, yeah, I do a know. lot of social justice work. Uh, right now, man, we working with a group trying to help in the death penalty in the state of Utah. Um, you know, I have a close friend who was facing the death penalty in the state of Oklahoma. He, um, you know, he got he got off on the last the day of the execution. They changed the ruling uh, to life without parole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met with Brian Stevenson, who the movie uh, Just Mercy is, mm-hmm. is based on. Met him last week in Utah. Actually, he came out, and uh, you know, one of his arguments was, you know, for a lot of these inmates. Life without parole is actually worse than being executed. Execution is like the easy way out, mm-hmm. you know, for for a guilty man. Right. Um, but having to sit there with your, you know, the things you've done and sit there with no end in sight, that's actually worse than being executed. And it actually, uh, for the state, it's actually cheaper to not kill you. You know what I mean? So a bunch of different ways to look at it. Um, I just don't feel like God gave us the power to decide who, you know, who lives and dies. And so that's one of the things that that I'm fighting on right now. Well, man, continue success on everything. Good luck with everything that you're doing off the court and on the court. Appreciate Appreciate you you coming on. No doubt, man. I appreciate y'all. Yes. Hey, thank you for tuning in to my two cents. See you next week. Peace.